You're about to listen to the IC News podcast. We hope you enjoy it. Please don't forget, our show can only succeed with your support. Tell your friends. Share the link around on social media. Leave us a rating and a review on whichever platform you're listening on. And while we have your attention, take a second to hit that subscribe button. That way, you'll get a brand new episode each and every Saturday. You're listening to IC News, the only network bringing you the stories from across the multiverse. Hello everybody, and welcome to a poorly impersonated and very special episode of IC News. This week, we find ourselves not in the studio, but out here in the untamed wilds of a parallel world that has much to teach us about our own. This is Earth Bravo Zulu Stellar Lions 3. It's a garden paradise, a green and pleasant land, a land where Mother Nature has risen up to reclaim the human world, swallowing the majority of its edifices like the thirsty, verdant whore she is. The story of this cataclysm has been lost to the sands of time. All we know is that at some point, hundreds of years ago, a human society almost identical to our own, back on Earth Prime, here fell, leaving behind only ruins slick with moss. Homo sapiens here are no more, and for their descendants, life among the forests of England is a constant struggle. Welcome to Right Wing Watch. These are Homo Britannia. And to see a whole misplaced pride of them like this up close is truly breathtaking. As you can hear, their calls are simple and rhythmic, designed so that even the youngest and least experienced of the group can hear them and follow the Alpha's lead. Covered in downy hair everywhere but his head, this thick-necked barrel of a creature waddles on his hind legs, his chest puffed out, his colourful markings on display to impress the females. His neck and shoulders are pink with sunburn, covered with blurry green patterns trailing wordlessly across the skin. These patterns bleed into one vast and illegible mess that, from a distance, look a little bit like a bulldog or the name of a battered woman. We have named him Carling, and today Carling appears to be in a good mood. Language for these creatures may have devolved into a series of meaningless vowels, but there is little mistaking his body language. This is an important day for Carling and the rest of the Pride. It's the day that his son becomes a man. (laughs) 
This awkward young thing may appear to be all gangly limbs and nervous glances, but he is the future of this pride. Raised almost exclusively by his mother, and clinging to her side through the worst of Carling's bestial rages, he has now been ripped from her breast to take his place alongside his father at the head of the group. He is fourteen years old, and all his life he has heard nothing but the chanting of the pride and the furious grunting of his father. Now, drawn as if by some primal memory to a shattered and iron-encrusted concrete plinth that was once a monument to the war-dead of the old world, the pride falls silent. There is no mistaking the young male's discomfort as Carling sweeps up a great armful of half-fermented fruits from the forest floor. This is a rite of passage for young Neofash, and if he does not make it through this, the group will disown him. The fermented fruit the pride devours is as fragrant as it is piss-weak, and it gives the pride the characteristic which perhaps has become their greatest weakness, an utterly primal anger that robs them of all reason. Young Neofash seems uncertain at first, but soon he has eaten plenty and becomes drunk as fuck under the harsh glare of the midday sun. For a short while, this boozy gathering is almost reminiscent of civilised behaviour. The young males chase each other round, stumbling and urinating, marking both their territory and the memorial stone itself with the stink of piss without a single shred of self-awareness. They engage once more in their repetitive vocal calls, beating their bare chests and attempting to intimidate the empty air. Young Neofash is absolutely bollocksed, and he leans heavily on the shoulder of his best friend, another young male named Thinker. Thinker is quiet, and nothing like the louder, more aggressive young adults of the Pride, who over the years have bullied him relentlessly. <coughs> oh, there it is. Neofash has vomited profusely, and has made a right fucking state of himself. Thinker leads his friend away from the group to groom him and pick him back up. It is a gesture of solidarity that does not go unnoticed by a bristling carling, who by now has turned almost puce in his drunken fury. Away from the glare of the group, Thinker and Neofash are almost unrecognisable. The drunk son of the Alpha's shoulders are slumped, tears streaming down his face. It is no longer clear at all that this cycle of alcohol and violence is the life he wants. Thinker's hand cups his face, and for a moment the young male's eyes meet. Throughout the natural kingdom, from penguins to lions and everything in between, this adolescent exploration of self, the blossoming of a bond into something more physical than a furtive glance across the group, is as natural and commonplace as the rising of the sun. For Homo Britannia, however, it is forbidden, and there is a furious father who will not permit it. No! 
Suddenly, the group separates, and Carling charges through the undergrowth to grab both Thinker and Neofash by their necks. Screaming with rage, he drags them back to the ritual stone, throwing them both to the ground. The pride forms a circle, chanting and howling. The air is thick with the threat of violence. This is the moment when young Neofash, drunk and under tremendous social pressure, must choose his side. His father or his companion of many years. His autonomy or the endless crushing weight of expectation from a rabid pack of beasts. Love or hate. There can be no middle ground. Carling stares down at them both and the young males clench their fists. Nothing but blood will satisfy the Alpha. Neofash must beat his friend to death or there will be no place in the pride for him. The son trembles under the fury of the father, and Thinker bows his head, his fists unfurling by his sides. He will not fight. He will not betray who he has always been. A lefty bird, high in the trees. The spell and the attention of the pride is broken by the call of their natural enemy. Enraged by the lefty bird's call, indignant that it would ever dare call them such a thing, even though they no longer recognize the word, the pride lose all control. They scream and tear at the trees, never able to reach their lofty accuser with their stubby little limbs. Neofash sees his chance. He darts across the opening and grabs Thinker by the hand. As fast as they can, the pair tear away into the trees, leaving the pride to their bottomless fury. It will be some time before Carling even realises his son is gone. It's a new day in the English jungle. Picking their way through the broken ruins, the two young males are exhausted, having run all night until the howling of the pride was no longer ringing in their ears. Neofash has quite the headache, and his limbs tremble with fear. This is a brave new world for him, but he is not alone. Appearing from the shadow of a collapsed building, Thinker approaches his companion, and his hand once again rises to Neofash's face. He flinches, and he does not turn away. In Thinker's other hand, there is a battered and ancient thing, a book, rescued from the rubble. A symbol of the old ways, now a promise for a brighter future. What it holds for these two young males is unclear. What they have shown, however, is that together they have a strength that far surpasses the fury of the misplaced pride. It is the strength to think for themselves, rather than screaming at birds and pissing on monuments like a bunch of fucking idiots. It is a strength not shared by the fallen Alpha. Far away, separated from the group, bruised and hung over from a night of brawling and drinking, Carling is now all alone. His rage has driven away everyone he held dear. He has nothing left but his simmering hatred, and he crashes through the brush, desperate to blame anyone and anything but himself. A poacher from Earth Prime. A single bullet to the heart, 
and Carling's terrible legacy comes to a miserable end. <laughs> Look at the skull on this one! Daddy's got himself an ashtray. As the sun sets on the life of the father, it rises anew for the life of the son. This is a new dawn for Neofash and Thinker, and with it there comes a new name. The son is Fash no longer. He is simply Neo, with all the promise that such a name entails. He will build his place in the world with a new sort of pride. One that is born not out of hate, but of love. And the sort of bond that his father never had the benefit of knowing. This has been Radwing Watch, and you've been listening to IC News. Thank you, and goodbye. You've just been listening to the IC News Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please don't forget to help us spread the word. Only with your support, can we reach more people, and build a larger audience. Every episode of IC News is written and produced by Sam Gore. Every week we feature guest voices from the UK stand-up circuit. Check out the podcast description to find out who you've been listening to. They're all very funny people, and you should check out their stuff. The IC News main theme is written and performed by Eddie French and the graphic design for the show is by Chunchy.com. Any additional music in the show will always be properly credited in the podcast description, so if you hear something you like, please check that out and support the independent artists who offer their work to shows like ours.